0: Do we wanna who does the intro this time? Did I do it last time or you did it last time? I don't remember. I think I I did first. I think I did it. Or this is episode four, right? So you would be That's that's
1: that's on me. Yep. Uh start with our names first. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) This is seed, y'all! Hey y'all, this is Chris. This is John. And we've been playing games together for 28 years now, talking about it ever since. And we decided to start a podcast and talk about it with you. And here we are. And in today's episode, we're going to be doing.
0: What? (laughs) Lineage 2 the entire time. Yes! (laughs) Okay, that's the end of the episode. (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to spend a moment just doing quick updates in section one. I think we got lineage two here. Zero K. Chris is doing a fighting tournament in Houston, and uh, I'm talking about War Thunder for a moment and my journey to find a new game. Uh, then Section 2, Part 2.
1: I'm going to be talking about four games that are actually pretty good, but just didn't make the cut for me to want to continue playing. Mars Warlogs, Metro 2033, Enter the Gungeon, and Cuphead. And if you're thinking, wow, I can't believe you don't like any of those games, well, I've got my right reasons, and you're just going to have to listen to why. <laughs>
0: what is that? Like All we can do is just shit on games everybody loves. I, I have a lot of good things to say about these games. They just weren't for me. Was it Trigger Was that... Chron- Chrono-, Chrono Trigger. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> whatever. Who cares what it's called?
1: Right. <laughs> it sucks. Chrono. All right, hold on. <laughs> we'll we'll get to Chrono Trigger at a much later date. What was that
0: other Zelda game everyone thought was so amazing? The, uh, wow, well, they're all pretty garbage to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> God, <laughs> derivative. <laughs> oh, no. oh
1: my. I defended Breath of the Wild, super hardcore, (laughs) two weeks ago, three weeks ago, one of my top ten games.
0: So I do not share that belief in any way, shape, or form. The only only good game that was ever made was Baldur's Gate 2. (laughs) Okay, well, Baldur's Gate 2 clocks in, I
1: think, at number two on my list. With the expansion? With with the expansion. I think it's
0: either number two or three. What's number
1: one? XCOM 2, with the expansion. uh, over Baldur's Gate 2. XCOM 2, War of the
0: Chosen is fantastic. All right. It is absolutely incredible. I'm writing this down. <laughs> yep, you write it down. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then the last part is going to be Infinity War because mm. it's a it's a movie. It's not necessarily rated game, related to game related games, but it's in the same kind of thing. So uh, I saw it. Chris hasn't seen it, but although. I did read the spoilers. <laughs> he spoiled the hell out of it. <laughs> And so, at that point, we were going to tell you, if you haven't seen the movie, definitely stop listening, because I'm going to spoil the living shit out of it. Yep. You'll be entirely safe through the first two segments. Yeah, we're not going to say anything else about it until we get to that point, so... Uh, yeah, let's get started. Alrighty. So, Lineage 2, a weekly Lineage lineage 2 update. Oh, wait, this is, well, I should should preface, we're not two weeks out from the last episode because you went to the Dominican Republic. Had a fantastic vacation with my wife there, met some new friends. I drank a lot of sugar.
1: God, (laughs) so much sugar. I feel so crappy from it, but we had a blast. We were there for seven days. Stayed at, uh... Excellent Cana. That was our resort. Not sponsored by them, but it was our second time Not there. Not sponsored
0: by them, but hey, if they wanted to sponsor us. Like right, you. we can
1: work on something. <laughs> yeah. uh, we had a really great time. Uh, and I would definitely recommend anyone looking for a Caribbean vacation, so check it out. Okay. So, that's... But I didn't play any games there. Oh, I did think about bringing my controller. <laughs> I brought that up. I did not bring my
0: controller. That was going to be my question.
1: Did not play any games? I just, I did play a little bit. I brought my Nintendo DS. Okay. An old school DS, not a 3DS. What would you play? I played Final
0: Fantasy 4. That's so it's on the DS.
1: Something, yeah, the 3D remake, the best version
0: probably of Final Fantasy 4 is on the DS. When did Final Fantasy 4 first come out?
1: In the U.S. in probably 94 or so, wow. right at the at the early stages of Super Nintendo, so whenever that was. 24 years ago. Something like okay. something like that. It's one of my favorite games, and I put a lot more enjoyment into it just because of nostalgia. It's one of the few games that nostalgia actually gets me, but it really gets me. So It's fun. I beat the game. This is probably my fourth playthrough of it okay. over the years. Uh, that's all I played though. I decided to keep it. Simple. I played a couple that's hours cool. as well. All right.
0: Well, um, I'm I'm actually a little rough this morning or this afternoon now because we are house sitting for uh, our my brother in law's brother in law. If that makes sense, they're they're close family. Yeah, sure. But the bilil. Yeah, they're as, they're as we call <laughs> it in our the, in the, our the, families. The bilil. Yeah. Um, and so we're house sitting for them because they're off uh, somewhere in the Caribbean also actually. And uh, so what happened? So Aaron's been staying there all week. Or, or is staying there all week, and I came to stay there last night with her, and I brought her two dogs over, and they had two dogs, and last week when they tested out to make sure all the dogs got along, they totally did, and when I got there, all the dogs got along. It was great, and then we were t- finally trying to go to bed. Um, our two dogs and one of their dogs all tried to go to sleep, and one of their dogs would not stop fucking with Zane. And great. Zane's like taking it like a champ. He's just sitting there like, yep. I'd like to go to bed now. And so the dog would not <laughs> stop. And uh, that dog also started peeing everywhere inside the house because it was marking its territory. And so literally the entire night, eventually Erin and I had to split room. So she went to another room, took the dogs away. And that dog wouldn't stop scratching at the door and kept her up all night. That she came back into my room at like 4 a.m., got me out of bed because we had to clean some stuff up. And then at like 7.30, I think, she came in there told me that she still had been able to get to sleep. I got out of bed, grabbed our dogs, and just went back to the apartments, and then did some research for the podcast, and then went back to sleep. How long are you watching these dogs for? Well, we're we're uh, we're just not going to put them in the same house again. Seems wise. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it means I just don't get to stay over there. So we're going to be living apart for the week, which is kind of a weird feeling. Yep. That's a bummer. But yeah. But yeah. well, it means I so can good. sleep. But it means I get to play a whole lot of the games Yeah. <laughs> I mean, other games, right? in other games, right? Right. Uh, one other game, yeah. Okay. Uh, so a so lineage 2 um, I'm almost a 160. Uh, I'm getting, I say congrats, but that's not really an achievement. <laughs> I'm getting the, getting a good flow with my clan. Uh, we had another uh, um, clan. Uh, what do you call it? Sea fortress siege. Okay. Uh, and the other clan didn't even show up. Like we we had 40 people there, and we're all standing there ready to go. They ran away. It's, somebody's like, I don't think they show or they're gonna show up. They no. logged on and said, Nah, fuck it, they're we're like, we're out. They're, they're like, we're going up against the Cherry Blossoms. <laughs>
1: Not the Cherry Blossoms. Not the Cherry
0: Blossoms. Those Blossoms are hardcore. Oh, man. I, That's our super intimidating clan name. You, yep. I. They <laughs> probably didn't even see any of y'all logged on. They just saw the name. They're like, we can't do
1: they, this. These guys have got to be hardcore. They would have lost. It's like when somebody, you're going to fight with somebody and they just take off all their clothes and charge it. You're like, this guy's fucking nuts. I... What? <laughs> not, not, not. <laughs> so yeah. So they same did, thing. So same thing. So
0: they didn't show up, and uh, I won't even get into the other stuff that was super annoying about the game, but it was all just super, you know, Korean style grindy grindiness. Um, that for whatever reason I keep playing. So that's my lineage two update. Okay. I played
1: Zero K, which is a spiritual successor to Total, Total Annihilation. It's an open source
0: project. Okay. So this is like a. Uh, RTS? It's an
1: RTS. Okay. Massive scale RTS. There's units of all different shapes and sizes of Ar- artillery and helicopters and airplanes yeah. and bombers. And I remember when Total Annihilation came out, that was like ships and boats. It's kind of a
0: new thing.
1: It's just an epic style war set in the future. There's all these robots and such as, that you command as units. There's a crazy amount of unit variety. The game seems pretty well-balanced from what I've read. I only played it for about 30 minutes just to kind of check it out and see what was going on, but it kind of has a good modern feel to it. Everything that I was trying to do worked in the game, so it was easy to kind of move around and play the game. And it reminded me a lot of Total Annihilation. One of the really cool things is that you can put 32 players on a map. What? Which is absolutely ridiculous for an RTS game. How many units can you have per player? I don't know. It seems like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see a unit cap, so I don't know what caps it exactly. Because that,
0: that was one of the cool things about Total Annihilation, was that you could have like armies larger than anything. My understanding
1: is that you can have humongous armies. I'm sure at some point that starts killing the game for everybody, because <laughs> nobody can render a billion units on the screen. Right. But I had a lot of fun. I'll probably check it out again at some point. Uh, but, I will say, if this game doesn't work, I feel like the RTS genre is, is pretty dead, because, other than maybe a StarCraft or an Age of Empires type game, yeah, it's a really good game and it's completely free to play. It's totally free. It's totally free, there's on, no pay to win crap, it's, on it's just, yeah, because it's an open source project, they're not a company that's making money off of this, they use, I don't know where they get their assets from, but it's all just a community effort. And it's a lot of fun, and the internet works really well, the AI is actually pretty good. So I'll check it out again at some point, but hopefully the game does well and continues to kind of grow its user base.
0: Yeah. Okay, and then you're also going to Houston this weekend.
1: Right, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to play my first fighting game tournament, which I am wholly underprepared for and <laughs> have not played enough games that I feel like I'm going to win anything. But I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there for three days. I just got all of my initial matches set up and I saw the little thing when I logged in of, hey, this is the people who are going to be playing. And there's a lot of good players coming to the tournament for all of the different games for Street Fighter and Tekken and... Dragon Ball Fighters, so I'm looking forward to just kind of getting in with the culture and seeing what it's all about. I mean, we've done we've done QuakeCon, yep. uh, I've done PAX South, uh, I've seen, you know, different gamer types in different forms, and it's just kind of a fun thing to be part of another subculture of the gaming world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and actually, I'm going to try to make it too. I'm going to be in Houston on Friday for work, and I usually stay in Houston that night. Um... So I'll be there and I'm gonna see if I can sneak my way in and either enter the tournament uh, on a game I've never played before. And, <laughs> That'd be great. And really talk talk a big game and just <laughs> or, or more likely I'll just I'll just get in and, and uh and uh you know, shout words of encouragement slash heckling to Chris. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, okay. Let me so I actually have a little bit of a little story I wanna tell. Um about trying to find a new game to play because I was like thinking about okay I got this podcast coming up I haven't been able to really sync up with my friends who are playing For Honor for a while so I haven't really been able to play it in a bit because I'm not super into playing it you know by myself Right yeah you were saying it's good enough to play with people but not good enough to play by yourself Right that's kind of how I'm feeling about it So uh, I had picked up the game at Fry's um, a few weeks ago pretty cheap Fry's (laughs) had this like little used game section I remember when I was there picking up For Honor, I was kind of thumbing through it, and, and they seem to have a lot of big titles for, like, really cheap. That's cool. And I think it's because they don't really, that used games isn't really a thing they normally do. Um, turns out that is definitely true, because I got there, and I was, like, l- looking for the used games section. I found one of the guys. I'm like, hey, man, so where, where are all the used games? And he looks at me and goes, they took them all away from me. <laughs> He's, it was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> he almost he just starts started, bawling. starts crying. <laughs> He's I I was like, "What do you mean? They took them all away from me. they took them all the away from me?" That's all I would say. Okay,
1: well, I guess, like you said, yeah, nobody cared enough. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I had no idea Fries had a used game section. I had no idea. And You probably
0: either. didn't until you just wandered around. Well, no, it's because I I had typed in "used uh, for honor deals" okay. in, in the on, on in Google and and Fries popped up. That's gotcha. That's how, I, that's how I knew about it. Um, so after that, I was kind of at this point. I'm a little determined. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to find a game to play, and it's going to be used, because I don't want to spend a lot of money. I mean, there is a GameStop. I went and, to GameStop okay. next. Uh, <laughs> there's a few of those. So I stopped still going, around. I stopped into GameStop and uh, browsed their section, and all of the uh, used games they had were garbage. Mm, and the bam. only yeah, the only games they had that were any good were like still forty bucks. And I was like, I'm trying to get out of there for twenty dollars. That was my goal. Okay, was, that's it. That's I was, fair. I want to spend. I want to get a AAA title for twenty bucks. Okay. And uh, definitely was not possible. I even looked at the news section. I'm just like, I'm not into any of this. Did you like an eBay or anything? Uh, well, I wanted to game. I wanted to game even right there, right now. Okay, yeah. got to fill this, the need right now. This is a. I need to. I want to play a hey, game right now. I'm on board with that. So uh, then I go home, and I open up the PS Store. I start digging through it, and uh, I look at all the deals. I look through every game they're having like a. Japan inspired game deal. Okay, one of those, uh, sure. Which I someday maybe I'll check them out. Like, was Persona Five one of the big ones? There. That's supposed
1: to be really good. I played Persona Four, yeah. and it's in my top fifty list. Oh wow! Well, maybe I'll check it out. So, so I,
0: I think Persona Five is supposed to be really good. At the moment, I wasn't really into it. Um, yeah,
1: that's that's also like an eighty hour game or something. So you and you can't really just put it down for a month and then pick it back up. It's but, a
0: eighty hours of this is the game I'm playing. Well, also tell me that it's not a game about a bunch of kids in high school. So
1: that's the other thing. You've got to be. I will say Persona is a series of games that's really cool to play once because there's a lot of neat stuff that's unique to that game mm-hmm. that makes you, even if you, like me, uh-huh. are not really into childlike protagonists or child protagonists, uh-huh. it's worth doing play, playing through once because it's so well made. That you say,
0: all right, uh-huh. this is fine. You didn't answer my question.
1: Yeah, it's, I did. It's child brutality. They're in high school.
0: <laughs> this is a game about being yeah, in high school. Yeah, okay, they're, cool. they're in high school. I'm gonna probably pass. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever you need to do. Another beloved game. <laughs> all right, all right, uh, all right. So I then uh, I saw Super Hot, which you brought up last time. Uh, they were it was $25 normally they were trying to charge like 15 bucks for it and after mm-hmm. our discussion and you saying it's it's worth 5 but no more right i was like i'm not paying $15 for <laughs> i
1: it. know the value of this game yeah, and that's not, not correct i wasn't
0: going to pay even 15 bucks for like 2 hours of the same game mechanic over and over right like, eh, you know uh, but then i saw a game called war thunder which grabbed my attention and i thought let me check this out and i recognize it as a game if you remember if you remember from episode 1 I brought up Jack, uh, my cousin out north of San Antonio. Right. Who uh, made bonded over Halo, is that the... Halo 5, okay. yeah, and they made fun of me for being really old. I, yeah, because you are. Yeah, that's fair. That's fine. I'm not that old. 28 years of gaming together, so yeah. we're, all, we're all old. Yeah, we started when we were, what, six? We started a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so I, I downloaded it and started playing it. So War Thunder, if you don't know, is a... Uh, vehic- vehicular Combat MMO, it's also a cross-platform MMO, so you get people, Xbox, PlayStation... Uh, so I could actually PC. play with you? You can play my with computer. me Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's free to play. Um, it was developed by Gaijin Entertainment, which is a Russian ind- independent developer, right. which is kind of cool. They've only had two games, which is this one and then like Starfighter, so obviously they have a thing okay. going. but. This one, like, so I was looking at the history of it. It went to open beta in Russia in November 1st of 2012. And then it went worldwide January 28th, 2013 for the open beta. Okay. It didn't actually get released officially until December 21st, 2016. So it was almost almost four years between the initial open beta and then the official, you know, quote-unquote release date. So I'm wondering if it was just one of those continually developing until at some point somebody's like hey should we just call this done and and keep updating like yeah
1: these games keep their open beta name forever (laughs) well well past because once you i think once you start charging money for something yeah like for loot boxes or cosmetics or whatever cash shop type thing you have Mm -hmm. your game is released yeah that's fair i don't think you can really argue you can say whatever you want but it's released and i'm and the, the point of that is, I think everyone has the ability to criticize it at that point for saying, this game is good, or it's crappy, or whatever the case is. And yeah, they probably just said, okay, whatever, here's our arbitrary release date.
0: Yeah, and I, I've been, you know, it's, it's fun. I've been having fun playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing just the arcade mode. There's like three, there's the arcade mode, there's the realistic battle mode, and there's like a simulator mode where it's okay. like they... You know, the, the the difficulty of piloting and fighting gets, you know, exponentially more realistic slash right. difficult. Um, so the, the arcade has been fun. Uh, the only complaint I have so far, and we kind of touched on this last week, is it's the, there's almost no story. Uh, or it's really, just a multiplayer,
1: yeah. hop in a session, kill some people, yeah, be like,
0: killed. World War II, you've got planes that you can access, and... Uh, Yeah, and so like the mechanic, once I got the hang of it, I'm like, okay, let's, I guess that's it. There's nothing else really to the game. And uh, so I kind of looked at the tech tree to see, well, is there new stuff that gets unlocked. And for the most part, it's you unlock bigger, cooler, faster, you know, real planes. And you can like make minor upgrades through research. It's
1: the whole grind your life away so you can do a little bit better, have a little bit better things. But you're playing, man, the game might be fun. Yeah. But the progression is just keep getting in matches over and over to keep getting better stuff.
0: It's another one I especially think if you had a like a group of friends who were all playing together. Because when, when I was over at Jack's place, he was playing it. He had like four or five friends that he was talking to at the time. And that you know that makes it more interesting. Those are so, fun.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was when I was playing a ton of League of Legends. A big part of that was that we had a group of probably eight people or so. So at any time I got on, there was somebody playing some League of Legends. And we'd hop on for games together. So I didn't really play much. Solo ranked games, but I still have a lot of fun just because playing with friends, I mean, it makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, All right, so before we go to our first break, uh, I did want to jump into some topical news. (laughs) Hey, our first kind of news segment. Yeah, this is our first, this is our first, this is an actual news segment. Mm -hmm. This is an actual news segment. We had no plans to do news segments. No, I probably
1: will not do too much, it's just that this is so, this is pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, we've actually touched on this uh, already in this episode and in every other episode, uh, the concept of loot boxes. Um, So we're not going to get too far into this, but it is interesting that currently, I, I don't know if you're following, but... Uh, the Netherlands, uh, the Dutch Gaming Authority of the Netherlands, recently announced that they have decided that loot boxes is a form of gambling and have have uh, demanded that um, publishers remove them from a couple games, big name games. So the ones they found that were offenders were FIFA 18, Dota 2, PUBG, and Rocket League. So,
1: oh, Rocket Like I didn't even know that that had... Yeah, apparently that was in, cosmetics.
0: in violation of uh, their, gamb- their gambling laws. So they are all required to immediately remove loot boxes from all of those games in the Netherlands. Uh, which is kind of a big deal, and they have a deadline on it too. Um, basically it comes down to uh, it's if, the, if the prizes are determined by chance, and the prizes could be traded for outside uh, value. Okay. That's the identifying. Factor. I think that's
1: a really fair rationale for how they describe it.
0: Yeah. So if they're like, if that is, and credit first of all to uh, Eurogamer Weekly, and then uh, Eurogamer, and then the, the writer was Wesley and He wrote both articles that I okay. got this from. So I don't, well, I'm not stealing his work. He, this is where I'm getting my information from. Yeah, cool. um, so then uh, that was on the 19th of April, and on 25th of April, Belgium stepped in and also did the same thing. Um, and in this case, they. They looked at Star Wars Battlefront Two, FIFA 18, again, Overwatch, and CS:GO, and they found. The funny thing is, they found that Star Wars Battlefront Two, which like kind of kicked off the whole (laughs) loot box thing, was actually in compliance because they had removed their loot boxes.
1: EA is just the biggest troll in the gaming (laughs) industry. This whole time, they're actually. Kind of tearing it from the inside out, just saying, "All right, we're going to set up this huge loot box <laughs> controversy. We're going to step away, and we're going to burn everyone else down." <laughs> that's <laughs> the masterminds that behind
0: is, EA. That's an evil mastermind plan. <laughs> that's
1: impressive. Who knew? Yeah,
0: they're they're the sa- You know what? We should go onto Reddit and, and say, "EA is actually our savior." <laughs> the EA actually saved <laughs> the entire gaming industry. They forced the hand. <laughs> Thank you, EA, for being yeah. such a great company. Yeah, so that's that's interesting because it's. You know, they're they're you know the, in the Belgium case, they're saying that loot boxes are too much like a um, slot machine, where the graphics, the speed at which you can win, uh, the speed at which you you get a result, the speed at which you can replay, all the graphics that surround you know opening the box or losing when you open the box, and they're like you have to get rid of all of that, you have to get rid of the slot machine you know aspect of it.
1: And for clarification, they don't have any sort of stipulation of having it be resold outside of the game for real currency like the Netherlands. I would I, I didn't see that in the article. So it sounds like, I mean because in over you said Overwatch is one of the offenders for Overwatch,
0: Elders? CSGO, we're both offenders, yeah. So
1: Overwatch you can't resell anything outside of the game. So it sounds like that's not a stipulation for them. I think you can resell your account though, right? Fair enough. I guess you could sell your account.
0: I think that's part of it.
1: That might be technically against Blizzard's terms of service
0: or something, but yeah, you could sell it. They did call it the black market of right. Yeah. So, I guess that's fair. But check I, check this out though. Uh, the penalty if they uh-huh. don't comply is um, up to five hundred thousand euros and five years in prison. And if it involves minors, it's uh, it's doubled. Which, which it clearly will. Yeah, it's clearly involved. <laughs> so basically, if they if they if e, e put out a statement saying we just don't agree with them, uh, unfortunately, you can't. You know say, I just don't agree with that law, and <laughs> not have to deal with it. Well, what yeah. I think will be interesting
1: is if there are games, and I'm sure there are games on that list, where you basically need to spend money not to grind forever, Yeah. places like Belgium and the Netherlands will just be behind, because they can't buy it. They're just <laughs> going to say, well, we have this game, you can't do anything about it, until it becomes a big enough population segment, Yeah, where they actually have to respect... All of the different countries, so like all of Europe did it. That's something. Just two probably isn't going to change
0: too much. That's interesting. I didn't think about it that way. Well, I, so I, I was also doing a kind of a. I started falling into a Wikipedia hole over this because I was looking at okay, what is the history of loot box regulation? And China, I think, is one of the first ones to make a move on it. They back in like December of 2016, they required all loot boxes to report the probability of receiving any given item. They were that
1: led to Overwatch actually posting what their numbers were. So. Oh, yeah. Presumably, it's similar numbers for other countries, so you could kind of figure out, ah, oh, this is what my actual chances of getting a legendary when
0: I spend some money. But then, like quickly, quickly following China, like Japan, South Korea, Singapore, and Australia, all made moves. Um, interestingly enough, the UK, uh, I guess. Uh, Issued an opinion from their gaming authority or whatever, I don't know, Uh, saying that they don't view loot boxes as gambling at at all, so they're they're actually on the other side, but anyway, so this is it's very easy to spend an entire podcast also on loot boxes, so I think we might save that for another day
1: Some interesting news, and it has some unique ramifications that haven't been seen in the game industry for how games will be developed and whether it will just be people that are kind of uh, put behind the eight ball, so to speak, because yeah. they can't spend money. <laughs> yeah. I, like, even spending a few dollars in some games is enough to make it fun.
0: A huge boost, yeah. So, that means, I guess, all the Belgian. So, what's going to happen, I suppose, is all the uh, esport athletes in Belgium and Netherlands are going to, you know, leave the country. They're going to stop the games. They're going <laughs> <starting> to games. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's take a uh, break. That went on a little longer, I think, than we expected. That's cool. We'll be back. Right, bye.
1: Hey, we're back. What? <laughs> Finally. Okay.
0: All right. So part I'm gonna, two. Part two.
1: Part two. I'm going to dive into four games that I had started playing Sometime over the past several months and over the past couple weeks, sat down, played a little bit more of, and stopped playing entirely because they didn't ultimately fit what I was looking for of a game that could reach that top 50 list. And yeah, I figured i kind of cut my losses, so to speak, and move on to some other games. But I was really glad I played them. They're all pretty interesting experiences. And kind of want to go into the thought process of playing a game that's somewhere between mediocre and great but not being a game that's a fit for you necessarily, as, as a gamer, is just what your interests are, or time, or whatever the case is. Yeah.
0: That idea of uh, only only finishing exceptional right
1: games. My, my I want to play just the best games, which to be fair is obviously subjective. The best games to me are not necessarily the best games to everyone. Yeah, that's fair. So the first game I played is called Mars Warlogs. It's by Spiders. So Mar- uh, Mars Mars Warlogs.
0: War logs yes okay. the war logs of Mars C. see sure. see <laughs> the Dominican it's an <laughs>
1: said so much C. Uh, it's by a company called spiders they make a bunch of uh, like B uh, RPGs is kind of what they're they're not the triple-a titles but they kind of try to be triple-a titles but they don't have a very big studio and so they put out games that are Cool and good, but not completely fleshed out in all the ways that you'd expect a Dragon Age to be. So it's like it's very much like a B movie. It's like a B movie. Okay. Yeah, that's sort of the idea there. And the game has a lot of good stuff going for it. The world is pretty interesting. Uh, I enjoyed kind of getting the backstory of stuff. I the characters seem like they might be kind of good, but the the script is. Awful, just really bad, okay. and I think it's because the the company is French, and they paid some other company to translate it, and it was not
0: well done. Well, if there's one thing the French are known for, it's writing shitty stories.
1: Yeah, well, they wrote... I don't know if the
0: story is shitty, though. I think it's just... Really poorly <laughs> delivered. I'm just kidding. True, sure the French people write amazing stories. No, let's stick, uh, stick with your guns. Okay, what? Well, 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 give me the quick rundown. What was the story? So we the
1: game tell? is uh, so Mars Warlogs takes place when there's like these two factions or whatever fighting one another over I don't know some territory I guess on Mars, on Mars probably. Yeah. But what really matters is you uh get or the main character gets sent to this sort of prison holding area mm-hmm. for running away or getting out of the army for some reason whatever the case is and there's another deserter or something there and they meet up and they escape is kind of the first part of the game okay. that's pretty clear from the start and so you are going through and trying to figure out where your place is in the world trying to get free, essentially, and you get tangled up in you know all these other political aspects through the course of the game. Kind of normal thing for that. The characters were, again, fine. They had some backstory to them that had some interest level, but the way it was delivered was just pretty much subpar. The voice acting varied from totally fine to just awful. So why'd you pick
0: this one up in the first place? So case? the reason that
1: I picked it up is there was enough people that were saying, this is a really good game, I like RPGs, I like action RPGs. Okay. So I had enough of uh, input from people that made me think, okay, this might this might deliver. There were a lot of people that said it was a really bad game, but I'd rather play a game that some people say is a 10 out of 10 and some people say is a 5 out of 10 mm-hmm. than everyone saying it's a 7 out of 10 or 8 out of 10. Yeah, sure. Again, I want an exceptional game, I don't want just a good game.
0: Yeah. Polar- polarizing could, is typically... Should be a good thing. Polarizing, rising, yeah, I think is especially if you follow on the good side of the ball. Right. And and hopefully I do. And
1: I didn't this okay. Case. <laughs> uh, but and and I actually think yeah, it's probably a six out of ten, seven out of ten mm-hmm. game. A game that I might have finished in another lifetime (laughs) or, you know, 15 years ago when there were less choices. So ultimately it was just a... It was fine. The combat is okay. You've got some interesting tactical aspects because you have some limited resources for what you can do in battle. So you might only have X number of... You have a nail gun that you acquire in the game pretty early on, so that's your your projectile. Mm -hmm. So you only have so much nail gun ammo, you only have so many grenades. I don't know if there was a way of grinding for it, later in the game, but there wasn't where I was, so you were kind of taking a tactical approach of resource management that was interesting, but the combat was just basically smash a button roll, smash a button roll, and you didn't change your weapons frequently, the enemies didn't change frequently, so you kind of got in a rut of just doing the same repetitive thing after a while, mm-hmm. and it got pretty boring when it was okay at first, which is what got me initially to say, okay, after an hour of playing this game, I might want to dive into it a little bit more, yeah. and I did, and... Ultimately, think it's a flawed and mediocre RPG that had some good visions, and if you just really love the action RPG genre that's all you play, mm-hmm. I think it's worth playing. But otherwise, didn't really do it for me. Okay, well, that one's off the list. So that one, I wouldn't recommend. Now I'm going to start with three games that I think are pretty good. Uh, but again, just it's, didn't didn't hit me for you some still reason. Walked away from all three. I still walked away from all three. So okay. the next one, going in increasing order of quality, in okay. my opinion at least, is Metro
0: twenty thirty three. I've seen so I've
1: seen this one. Around. It's a pretty well known game. They did a remake of it. It's a Metro twenty thirty three Redux. They did, a, made a sequel to it, Metro 2333 Last Light, and they are making another game in the series. So it's pretty well received. Okay. And the atmosphere is absolutely incredible. Have you ever played Stalker by any chance? I haven't. So that's also a post apocalyptic Russian era.
0: I was going to ask, what kind of game is this? It's a shooter. Oh, just FPS? Just an
1: FPS. Oh, wow. It's okay. a, that's sort of a tactical FPS. Things are slow. You're not running and gunning the whole time, right. but it's a, yeah, it's an FPS. Like a,
0: kind of a Gears of War, slower paced shooter, or? A...
1: It's slower, it's okay. more realistic. Okay. People die in one hit Oh. When you, when you shoot them. Oh, cool. You, maybe two hits or something, but if you headshot somebody, they're dead. Okay. And you die in a small number of hits. And that's actually one of my complaints with the game, and then I hate it when shooters do this, is that your life regenerates in the game. Oh yeah. So you, you get hit, go run behind cover, you're all fine and better, <laughs> and then you go back out and do the same thing. And so it creates these scenarios where you don't really care as so much about tactics or strategy. You're
0: just kind of slowly plotting through yeah. things. Was it was it the uh, was it called the Call of Duty series that first introduced that? Or was it Gears? What that? I remember cool.
1: it first from was Halo. Halo, yeah. I guess it technically wasn't health that regenerated, it was your shields. shields. Your health
0: didn't regenerate, but your shields. So I don't know who did health first. I want to I say it was a Call of Duty series, but I could be very wrong with that. But the
1: shields in Halo were kind of the same way. Even if you were low on health, you just made sure if your shields got hit. But that made sense, though, at least. You know, it you did make sense. Yeah. And it worked better in the scheme of that for some reason. I think because you had such a, a large army of things coming at you, yeah. you weren't really taking cover as much. Or at least I don't remember you taking
0: cover as much. But if you're like in a trench in World War II and you get your arm shot off, you don't just sit there for five seconds. i <laughs> my arm's back. <laughs> just get back to it. <laughs> just, just
1: patch your arm back up. <laughs> all good to go.
0: Right? I, for me, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, that mechanic can work well. I think when it's a more of an arcade-style shooter, I think so in that aspect. You, it keeps the game. It keeps the pace of the game up. You, you know, you're you're running a gun, and you can like die for a second, recover, and yeah. I agree with that. But I think that's the time when it works. So this is a single player.
1: This FPS. is single player, yeah. and it is maybe it was a multiplayer mode. I don't know. It's not relevant because that's not where you're playing this game. Right. The, the game you play because the atmosphere is again absolutely incredible. One mm-hmm. of the best atmospheres of having a game is just post-apocalyptic yeah. disaster of a world. You're underground going through a metro rail. That's kind of how everything is connected, and there's all these different uh, sort of towns or civilizations or factions in the game. So you run across, I think, communists and Nazis are in the game. What? Yeah. (laughs) And so there's, there's all these things going on, and they play a big role in the story. And the story did seem fairly interesting. The so, characters were fine.
0: Well, real quick, before, before we move off atmosphere, what, do you, what exactly do you mean by atmosphere? Like setting, art style, so, music, the whole the whole package? The whole thing. I think okay. it's really
1: well done. Yeah, I don't remember there necessarily being a lot of music, but the, the tone it sets is really strong in that you feel like you're in this post-apocalyptic world, and it does a good job of... One thing I really, really liked, one of the scenes was you're going through the rail, and there's like these sort of shades that can kill you, okay. uh, but they just look like shadows. So if you go across them at the wrong time, they kill you. And I, I don't I didn't get enough into the story to know exactly why or if they even explain it. Yeah. We are with this dude who just is a veteran, goes his way around, and he's like, hold on dude, chill out. And so you go through these... Don't step in the shadow. Don't step in the shadow. And then these monsters come out later and you're fighting them with the guy. Man, and the guy, the one thing really cool the NPCs on your team—they actually help you kill things. Really? They're not just there for the
0: animations. Oh.
1: So that also adds to the atmosphere Dude, because I, it makes the game seem real
0: because they're doing something. I hate it when I, I forget what game I was playing lately uh, where it was like you have got like a whole like crew of NPC allies. <laughs> oh no! It's lineage two. Does this? A lot of games do this, but you're like, I'm bringing it back. Uh, that you're on a mission, and you've got, like, NPCs with you, and you're fighting something and killing it, and you look, and they're all fighting stuff, and they're being fought, fought against, and, like, they're just, no one's hurting each other. It's so dumb. <laughs> Until you walk it's over. It's so annoying. But wait, so I, I just want to clarify one thing. So you're in a weird post-apocalyptic tunnel, and you're following some grizzled veteran dude down a railway, and he sees a shadow, and he's like, bro, don't step in the shadow. And you don't immediately say, you know what, you're crazy, I'm going to walk away now. Or worse, you see someone go into the shadow and die, and you look at this guy and you're like, I, you, "Why? <laughs> why is this happening? <laughs> why would you continue down that?" You're on a
1: mission of very high importance. Are you? You're a. I don't know what I can't remember. Gosh. So again, I, I started. <laughs> I started this game. Okay. Yeah three months ago, so I put, picked it back up after that time, put in another two hours before I decided it wasn't really working for me. And really a lot of it just came down to gameplay, because I think a lot of the other components of it were really well done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even to the point of uh, some things that are kind of tangential gameplay, like there's limited ammo in the game. Okay. So you do have a little bit of a survival feel of, I want to make sure I use my ammo efficiently and effectively and not just go Ramboing in, That's cool I because like that. otherwise you don't have any ammo for the next time you fight. Yep. so that resource management is cool and I wish more FPS games would do it I think it was just again hurt by the regenerating health thing it was super super annoying there's also not a great amount of weapon customization in the game there is technically weapon customization mm-hmm. you, sp- you spend bullets to get it what and it's also sort of not necessary I felt basically for the most of the game I was at least what I played using essentially the same weapons, I had a shotgun and sort of a, a assault rifle-ish type thing, yeah. and a pistol, and I just kind of felt like I wasn't really getting any progression out of that. But ultimately, the the battles themselves were kind of okay. They weren't super exciting. You'd also have, uh, you can't save in the game, which I think is fine, uh, but because of the pacing of the game, and because you had auto autosave that popped up every I don't know, 15 minutes, or it was long times in between uh, points of the game. So maybe after you killed 20 enemies or something, it would autosave. It autosave whenever you got to a certain checkpoint. Oh, okay, I was gonna
0: ask. Yeah, how so that,
1: that, that's how it autosaved. And the way that uh, I ended up experiencing it was, I would do something, finish this one part of the segment, then go to the next part, die. Okay, okay now I have to redo the exact same thing I just did in a very uninteresting manner, because nothing has changed then go to the next segment, do that. Okay, I finished it, fine, no problem. But then I die in the third part of it. And so again, there's no saving in between. So I'm just having to replay parts of content that aren't interesting because I already know what the solution is because nothing is changing. So I found that really frustrating. And between that, the kind of mediocre weapon choices and the regenerating health decided this really wasn't gonna be a game for me, even though there were aspects of it I thought were really well done.
0: How was the story?
1: I thought it was interesting. It wasn't amazing. But it was enough to encourage me to keep playing a little bit longer. Yeah, I, It definitely kept me going longer than I probably would have otherwise. How, f- how many hours did you get in this I one? I probably played it two and a half or three hours. Okay. Alright, so, so game off f- the list. So game three. <laughs> now this game, I would probably recommend to somebody that is really into it. It's called Enter the Gungeon. The gun- like
0: so Dungeon. like
1: Dungeon, but with G. a G. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it's a uh, you know, little silly humor in the game. Yeah. You you fight bullets that shoot things at you. Oh, that's it's one good. of the main enemies of the game. It's so tough. certainly not t- meant to be taken seriously. But there's a crazy Talking amount genius. of weapons in the game. There's a crazy amount of upgrades and items and other things you do. So the basic premise of the game is that it's a uh, bullet hell roguelike. So you go into a dungeon, Mm -hmm. it's five levels deep, and you go through a bunch of randomly spawning rooms, you fight a random boss at the end of each level, and then you do that five times. And over the course of those dive into five levels, you get better weapons, get better upgrades, armor, yada, 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 all that kind of thing. But if you die, it's done. Your run is over, you have to start back over from square one. And it's a difficult game. And not and not in a crappy manner. It's a difficult but fair game. So if you haven't played a bullet hell game before, yeah. there's just lots of bullets flying around the screen, and you're trying to dodge them. It does have a cool aspect that other games in that genre don't have, which you can dodge. So if you played something like Dark Souls, you can actually you have a little bit of iframes, frames, these invincibility frames, okay. that you can roll through bullets if you time it correctly. So you have a little bit more flexibility than just running around the screen. I really don't have much bad to say about it. In What it's set out to do, it is fantastic. There's enough variety that each run is completely different than the next run. You feel like, I lost because I screwed up, not because the game is bullshitting me. Your weapons that you get are
0: impressively varied, considering you're just shooting things most of the time. uh, Does anything carry, if you survive one, does anything carry from run to run?
1: So yeah, there are things that carry over. The way that they do the meta progression in Mm. the game is that... You'll pick up uh, whatever the currency is in the game, and you can spend it later to make those items appear in future runs. So maybe you've unlocked the ability for the assault rifle, whatever it's called in the game, to appear in future runs. So you don't necessarily start out with it, sure. but you will get better items than you would have otherwise. So you're not like totally back to square
0: one. You're not totally back to square one. You're spending money to make the game not, not, necessarily, not necessarily easier, but...
1: Yeah, you're giving yourself more options when you play in the next run. That's cool. And it's a pretty fair balance. I like the way Rogue Legacy did it better for those who played another roguelike legacy type game. I enjoyed that more, but I also enjoy that style of combat more too, so that may have been part of it. I don't have much bad to say. It's a great game that I just didn't want to play because I've kind of realized I'm just not big in the bullet hell genre for whatever reason. It kind of maybe just gets a little tedious, a little overwhelming, I don't know what it is. It's certainly not the difficulty, because I love me some Dark Souls and other games in that world, but I think those, you're focusing on your melee combat instead of projectile combat, that might be the real big difference. It might also be part of, it got me thinking, maybe that's why I really like fighters, is I really like the hand-to-hand combat, the melee nature of those, versus a projectile type of battle system that you'd find in something else. So whatever the case is, uh, I think it was a good game, but it's not something that I wanted to play, and clearly wasn't gonna be on my list. As I found myself going through runs, mm-hmm. I just really wanted to play something else. I felt like I was playing it because the game kind of deserved it in a way. This is a good game. Okay. I should play you, but I don't want to. So <laughs> kinda- my my logic went out and this uh, over my emotion of you really shouldn't be playing this game. It's not doing it for you. It's just so
0: you were just not having I just
1: wasn't really having fun, yeah, I just sort of was, I don't want to say it was boring or crappy, so it's sort of this middle ground of, I guess this is fine, (laughs) you know, like I I don't know what a good example is, but
0: if you... It's clearly a very well-made game.
1: Yeah, like if I'm, I don't know, if I'm at a sushi place and I have a California roll, Mm -hmm. it's fine. (laughs) Oh, I gotcha. If I had a bunch of California rolls, it wouldn't be a terrible experience, but... That's kind of a not great way to experience
0: sushi. Yeah, it's like watching a movie where it's like, yeah, I can recognize this is a good movie. It's just not my thing. Right. So
1: so that's how I felt. So I think it's a good game. Maybe not a great game. I don't know if it it probably would have been if I liked that genre on the cusp of my top 50, maybe. Something like that, maybe. But ultimately, not for me. But the next game... Is fantastic
0: so this, yeah. is, this is I was surprised to hear this one was was what did not make it
1: for yeah me. this is the indie darling of last year
0: <laughs> Cuphead Cuphead yeah it is a
1: platformer bullet hell game essentially <laughs> Again, another bullet hell type game. It's a very unique art style. With a really super well done art style. Yeah, it's got this like 50s cartoon art style. Like 30s, 40s. 40s, Yeah, I guess it's actually earlier than that. Uh, Super well done. The music is on point fabulous music, the game is fair, the challenges are varied, you fight a lot of bosses in the game, mm-hmm. which is really cool and I think something that more games should do, because bosses typically have a lot more variety in how you play the game than just running through levels and right. kind of doing the same thing. And the levels that they do have in the game have a whole bunch of different challenges compared to the other previous levels that okay. you find. So the amount of variance in the content is absolutely phenomenal. The music's good, the art is good, <laughs> the, the sound is good. I just don't want to play bullet hell games, I think is what <laughs> I tried to. I kept playing it, thinking, why don't I like this game? This game is so good, I don't want to play it, I don't understand. <laughs> so I kept playing it, just not understanding myself. This is the weirdest
0: recommendation.
1: <laughs> it it's, is weird. It's I, like one of those, like, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> it is absolutely <laughs> I I can't say anything bad about the game from an objective standpoint. I just... Didn't really like playing it. There were a few pieces of some battles Mm -hmm. that I thought were poorly done. Mm -hmm. Like, there are different stages of each boss battle, right? And so some of those stages I don't think were properly balanced, necessarily. Like, they just had a few gimmicks to them that I didn't think were very interesting or fun. But those are small things, and that pops up in every game. I mean, there are plenty of things that I can say about bad segments of Dark Souls bosses, too. And that's one of my favorite series. So, it's not unique to this by any means. I think ultimately, yeah, it was just, this isn't a combat style that I really enjoy. I didn't really like maybe the frantic nature of constantly just having to dodge around things. Maybe the progression wasn't as fun. There is progression in the game. You get kind of different weapons and and abilities. And so you do change how you play the game in addition to having different levels. Mm -hmm. And they did a pretty good job with it. But it doesn't have the same depth maybe as an RPG system does. Sure. And so maybe I was missing that. But I think ultimately it comes down to I don't really like that frantic dodging a bunch of things on the screen or maybe the platforming aspect. of it. something there. Okay. So I, I've kind of realized if I don't like this, I'm just staying away from bullet hell games. That I, could I think that was just – that well, was it. We I
0: knocked out bullet hell games, uh, roguelikes. And Mars Warlogs, what was that one? FPS? Yeah, it was an action RPG. Action RPGs, and then Metro 2033 was a FPS. an FPS. What's left? Well, I didn't knock those out because that's I. Those, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> the difference there
1: <laughs> is there are much better action RPGs okay, than that's Mars Warlogs. Yeah. There are better FPS games than Metro 2033 and ones that are more my style of FPS. Like, like Doom.
0: Oh, Completely yeah. different
1: style of game. Yeah. Doom is
0: amazing the new, the new one the right? new one there Man, the 2016 keep, like you and a few other people have also Be- recommended best fps single-player game in my opinion period I, i've almost got it a couple times i've looked at it on the shelf if i could find a copy for 20 bucks i'm picking it up
1: i don't know what it runs on ps4 but on pc it regularly has 12 sales really yeah i got it for probably 10 dollars at some point that's awesome it absolutely and it was super it's worth 20 dollars at
0: least i will get it on pc just to like throwback to the old PCF. You should. It was
1: yeah. I can't say enough good stuff about it. But maybe one day I'll dive into that more when we when we go over my top fifty list yeah. at some point. Gonna, we're gonna have to put it up there mm-hmm. someday. Someday. And, and Enter the Gungeon, I like roguelikes. I just not Bullet Hell bro. I think that was more of a Okay. That got me thinking, maybe I don't like this subset, this Bullet oh. Hell genre. And then Cuphead really confirmed it. Even though they're different styles, because Cuphead isn't always Bullet Hell. There's yeah. always stuff on the screen. But it's not
0: always dodging projectiles. See, I, I like bullet hells, but I like the um, the old uh, like Aero Fighter two II or three or nineteen forty two. you have the plane, okay. and you slowly build up power ups. Eventually, you're just like blasting the screen, and you're also dodging everything.
1: Yeah, the old school bullet hell. Ones. Yeah, yeah,
0: we recently got some uh, arcade games up at the up at our tap room, and one of them has like six hundred games on it. And but one of the other guys on the, on the team, him and I, will like, just constantly feed quarters into it and, uh, play... Aerospace three, or I think those Aerospace are good, three, good
1: games. games to play in twenty minute bursts. Yeah, 15 that's, minute that's bursts. right.
0: They're quick. It's but they're also bullet. There are bullet hells, but yeah, it's it's like a you know you're only playing for a little bit. You know.
1: And maybe that's part of it. Is I got in my grain in my head at an early age of bullet hell games. You play for fifteen minutes and you're done. Yeah, and I play them every once in a while, and I'm not really concerned about going through an entire game. I could see a couple hours and end up getting
0: pretty exhausting.
1: Yeah, and I think maybe that's what ultimately did it for me. It's hard to say. So ultimately, what I want to leave it with. Is Cuphead is. is a fantastic game, if it looks interesting, people should try it. Just as a clear showing to me mm-hmm. that I'm not going to be playing games from that genre anymore.
0: Alright, so my takeaway from this is that you think uh, Cuphead is garbage, and it's <laughs> is extra garbage, and <laughs> 2033 is extreme garbage. And Mars Warlocks is like the garbage runoff. I actually garbage.
1: hate video games. <laughs> I try is. never to play them. I only play them because I'm a masochist and just want to cause to myself. That's
0: weird. And then, yeah, it's, it's then just, we started a podcast about And then we started a
1: podcast. <laughs> I'm like super into masochism. It's
0: pretty cool. If you're not into it, you should try it. This is a new podcast name. Chris and John, video game masochism. <laughs> it's,
1: we only play games we hate. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like Cuphead, Into the Gungeon, and Metro 2033, you would recommend it? I'd
1: least. say recommend to some degree yeah. of, if this is your thing, do yeah. it. Uh, Cuphead, I could almost say it's worth trying universally if you get it for Just a cheap price. It. Unless you know ahead of time, like me, that yeah. you're not into that All genre. Right. What's,
0: your, what's your price for it? Uh,
1: so that's, that's I think tag. it's, if you're into that, I think it's worth the full price of 20 bucks. Really? Yeah, okay. I think
0: it's... What if you're not into it?
1: I think if you are... Kind of just interested, probably 10 bucks. Okay. I'll keep an eye out that. I think 10 bucks is worth just trying it if. I don't know, but it could be really good. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, sh- anything else on that? No, that's, that's my. I played four games and axed them all, so my backlog just got a lot cleaner. <laughs> like four games? Mm-hmm, it's pretty good. How many, how many games do you have in your backlog? Right now, I probably have 10. Oh, it's not bad. It's not bad. Well, I'm pretty strict. I mean, I just asked four games. Yeah. <laughs> so when I go through, and these are games that lasted a while. Some okay. of these games I go through, I play 20 minutes and it's done. Oh, wow. Because I know that it's not so that's be why these there. four are on the list. These got. four made an initial, I usually play a game for about 30 minutes to an hour when I first get it. Okay. Just to see, does this have any hope? Okay. And then at some point I'll pick it back up again. Sometimes it's pretty soon after. Mm-hmm. Uh, other times it's three months down the road. All
0: right let's jump to a break, and then we'll come back and talk about Infinity War. All right, I'm getting excited. Oh yeah! Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Let's make all MCU MCU so far is. Possibly spoilers, so that we can
0: talk about it freely. Let's do that right now. If you heard us discussing that on our way back in the intro, um, spoiler alert. whole lot of spoiler alert. We're going to not just spoil Infinity War, but potentially every Marvel movie to date. So if you are hesitant about hearing anything, just turn it off and tune in next week. We'll catch you next time. Uh, so, seriously, fair warning, because I'm about to spoil the shit out of Infinity War in about five seconds. Four, three, spoiler, spoiler, two, spoiler, 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 Spoilers, 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 spoilers. So, Thanos wins and kills half the fucking universe? Yeah. Awesome.
1: Cool. Way to go, <laughs> Thanos. You're doing what nobody's been able to do in the past 20 movies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Good <laughs> grief. Yeah, the bad guy wins. All right, so let's let's, re- let's get into this for real. So, I got to see Infinity War on uh, Sunday. Um, Aaron and I went to like an early, early showing at the Alamo Draft House in South Lamar. Okay. So we went into ha- basically it was, it was like a brunch. And it felt like a date because she's still sleeping at this other house. And so we were <laughs> That's like- That's nice. Yeah, we were like- hey, To rekindle the romance. Yeah, we were like, do you want to meet up and go see a movie together? And she's like, yeah, sure. i alright, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, uh, so when I
1: texted you, you'd probably just got out of the movie.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, realistically it was me texting her saying like, okay, what show do you want to go to? And, you know, we, we figured it out. Anyway, so we went there. We had brunch, had coffee, and got to watch this movie. This creep guy sitting next to me kept... Dude, I sat down in the seat, and he had his legs crossed, and his, like, uh, his right leg was crossed over, and it was, like, a foot in front of my, my chair, like, way past the line. You know, there's a line... Because you don't there. understand space? No. Dude, so the, Bubbles? The, the armchair line, right? You don't cross that line. That Clear ex- delineation of space. Yes, and it extends out in front of the chairs. Absolutely. absolutely. Leg space. He had his leg in my space. And I just, so I just got, you know, awkwardly close to him and he changed his legs. Okay. Uh, but he's also like over the armrest. Mm-hmm. And so I just started rubbing up against him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and He slowly moved you, away. You, you got to fight however you can. Dude, it was awkward. Uh, <laughs> and the funny thing about this guy is he kept laughing at like the most awkward moments really loudly. Like when Thanos kills everyone? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So there's, a, there's a scene where Iron Man sticks uh, like a a rocket on some guy and or not Iron Man it's a I don't know whatever okay, one of the on many somebody. many superheroes in this movie does a thing to a bad you guy remember them all come on <laughs> he flies off and the guy explodes in on the shield in, uh, in um, what's the place that Black Panther's from? Wakanda Wakanda yeah I was like I was to say Rwanda <laughs> I haven't seen Rwanda I haven't even seen
1: Black Panther
0: <laughs> oh yeah that's a good point so uh, and then but it's the guy explodes and this guy next to me the only person in the entire theater just goes, ha! <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And, and I just kind of looked over at him. And everyone else in the theater was just... <laughs> just the dead silent. That's amazing. <laughs> and it's like that happened like three or four times. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. Right. So, um, so Chris, you have not seen Infinity So Wars. I haven't actually seen it,
1: but I did read all the major spoilers for it because I was interested in what happened. Because I had so much superhero fatigue. But I keep up enough just to kind of see what's going on. because. Okay. I'm hoping that maybe things get turned around and well, that I'm, I can get
0: reinterested. Well, I'm here to convince you to go see Infinity War today because I. Well, and also to be fair, where I was coming from in this movie, I had so little spoiled for me. I did not even know that in the comics, Thanos actually does acquire all the Infinity Gems, snap his finger, and actually fall. He actually is successful in his plan.
1: I didn't know that he did the snap kill everyone thing that he does at the end. I know he is successful because he's. Probably the most long-running villain, one of yeah. successful long-running villains, I should say, uh, in the in Marvel world. And so I knew that he was able to kind of foil their plans, or okay. I guess enact his own plans for a good period of time. So I, so I
0: didn't know that, right? So, so you're just completely spoiler for, for you me, yeah. So the the, the uh, so here, here's one of the one of the reasons I thought that this is one of the best Marvel movies they've made. Um, Is that, uh, and why I think, you know, in terms of your fatigue, why I think you should give it a chance. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it's because, um, the bad guy wins, which is, which never happens. In any, any of those kinds of movies. And sure, you you can make an argument that, oh, well, we all know that all those characters can get brought, we know in part two, they're all going to get brought back to life or whatever, you know, fine. But in that moment, especially if you're not expecting it, um, the bad guy wins like just straight up wins, and and the crazy thing is he is this unstoppable force in the movie, and every time they try to stop him, he just keeps rolling, like steamrolling everyone. Like he's just this train of force through the movie, and he gets all the way to the end, and Thor almost stops him, uh, and he just says his line. He's like, "You should have gone for the head," and then just snaps his fingers, and he Thor's like, "Wait, wait, wait," and uh, um, and then death ensues. Yeah, and then he kills half like half of the living. I guess half of all life in the universe dies, and he goes to his farm and retires. Roll credits.
1: My initial <laughs> reading through all of these spoilers was exactly that I wanted to go see it because people died, yep. but the more I read into it, the more it got to, this is probably all going to be undone next movie, and that scares me. It definitely scares me off from seeing it, because I don't want to invest... My time and money into something that's all going to be undone. Because I hate nothing more than people dying and then them coming back to life. Because it, to me, ruins the entire experience and the entire novelty and the emotion that you put into it sure. of these events transpiring just for them to say, okay, it's all it's all back to normal.
0: See, I, have a, I have a reverse problem with a lot of zombie movies, which Aaron loves, is that you invest all this time in the movie... Uh, um, Dawn of the Dead, the remake's a perfect example. You spend all this time in the movie with all these characters going through this hell, figuring out how to survive, figuring out an escape plan, following through with it. A few people actually make it and get out. And so you just spent this hour and a half or two hours emotionally invested in the story. And then during the credits, they roll footage from the boat and show, oh, well, they just ended up some other island and got killed by zombies anyway. And it's like, I just spent this entire movie... Invested in this story, and you just—it's like this nihilistic, like, "bit doesn't matter." So it's like the reverse of what you're saying. It's it is like, the reverse. Yeah. The the—is there emotional weight with this big climax when you kind of know it's going to be undone at the next, at the next? And moment. I
1: could see, and upon initially viewing it, you're just so invested in the here and now that I could really get you. Yeah. Oh my God! So and so and so is dead, yep. and you see the reactions from the other superheroes. Of, of people dying, right? right? Like Captain America and Bucky, right? Because Bucky dies in it, right? Yeah, I think he... Yeah, Winter he Soldier, fears. whatever. Yeah. Uh, so you have that, and other people have other relationships with people, right? And so seeing that probably while you're experiencing it right then mm-hmm. is pretty big deal. But yeah. But 10 minutes later, at least for me, I would feel like, okay, is this going to stick? Probably not.
0: Well, I will say the... There are definitely going to be some long-lasting consequences. Uh, a couple characters did die like early on in the film in pretty horrible ways. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some pretty emotionally intense moments, uh, either of people dying or almost dying, uh, that are really worth just experiencing, I think. Okay. Um, the, so, so a couple characters, I'm going to spoil it. Like, so Loki and also the character played by Idris Elba, they, they straight-up die. Badly, Mm -hmm. right away. Not, not fun. Like disintegration, dying from the the Infinity Gauntlet, just being murdered. Yep, in front of Thor, who's not cool with the whole thing. Oddly enough, yeah, he's he's not okay. Uh, (laughs) All right, there's one moment I do need to complain about. Um, there, good. Yeah, good. Yes. Complain. There's one thing I do want to complain about. Uh, I thought it was really poor. I just thought it was bad taste. Uh, anyway, so the so that was great. And then when when they uh, when Vision got destroyed, that was really intense. Um, there's a scene where Peter Quill is forced to try and shoot Gamora in the head. That was so. A lot of the emotions around things that even though you know may not necessarily be lasting. Experiencing the emotions of those characters because it was all very well acted, uh, I thought at least um, that itself was uh, worth seeing. So like when so you know like Tom Tom Holland and, and uh, or you know Spider Man and Tony Stark have a you know relationship there where he's constantly trying trying to like say hey don't don't be in so much danger and then he keeps getting in danger. And so Spider-Man's one of the characters that disintegrates, and as that's happening, I mean, people were almost crying in the theater because of it's definitely a
1: little bit of a father figure. Yeah. Uh, and, for Tony Stark. And, and you remember, like,
0: Spider-Man's a kid. He's, mm-hmm. in, in, and this is the first time we've seen really Spider-Man is actually, like, just a kid, uh, as he's supposed to be. And he's treated like a kid and acts like a kid and behaves like a kid because Tom Holland's very young, also. So that was, that was really, Intense to see, and I will say that when the movie was over, there's I remember thinking during the movie at one point, I was like, This is not appropriate for children. <laughs> I think it was a torture scene because there's a torture scene, which is a brutal torture scene. Uh, and I remember thinking, like, This is not appropriate for children <laughs> <laughs> at all. <laughs> and so, like, it finishes, and there's this kid literally bawling in the seat, the row in front of us, in case and case proven, <laughs> yeah. And then we're walking out. And I remember this mother had her, her hand on his her son, who's probably like middle school, maybe, and like comforting him. <laughs> While we're just here and I'm walking his, out like these
1: childhood idols are being massacred
0: in front of them. Yeah, and I was just like that was fucking dark. It's like taking some <laughs> toys and just popping off all their heads. Yeah, and setting them on fire. Setting them
1: on fire. It was it was a vicious. Put them
0: in the microwave. Yeah, it was it was vicious. Um, so that's one reason I would say. But the the reason why I think it's such a brilliant movie, and the concern everybody had was this huge cast. Or let me before I jump onto that, do you have any? you kind of get what I'm saying with the whole... I do.
1: I think, for me, I maybe have a little bit of my enjoyment of that guarded against because of my skepticism that any of it is going to have long-lasting effects. Okay. So that I have a little bit of an idea of, when I'm watching it, that I'm not really fully invested because I'm thinking how much this is really going to, to land right. and, and continue on to the next movie. I mean, I don't want to talk about too much, but one of the reasons I love Game of Thrones is because... People die, and they die for real, right. and that sets the entire tone that anyone is fair game at any point in time, and that continues throughout the whole series, but until this movie, no one has died. And so my idea is no one no, is in died. danger. But Quicksilver, he Quicksilver in died, but it character. was irrelevant. Yeah, there's always throwaway characters that you can kill. Those aren't interesting. You have to have some investment for a death to be meaningful. You can't just have somebody die. Right? I mean, you have Star Trek redshirts die all the time. They're irrelevant because they're not people that have names.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they're not humans. Yeah. Uh, well, there's... they <laughs> not humans. Well, I thought the... So, Tony Stark, Iron Man was rumored to be dying. I think that was a red herring. Because, like, the rumor was that, you know... Uh, Robert Downey Jr. wants out of the franchise. He wants to go out, and there's a couple moments where I'm like, "Oh, this is the moment they're going to kill Iron Man for real," Uh, and he survives the whole thing, right? Which is like, which which I think was the right decision. Uh, I think there will be some permanence. Vision, I think, is left permanently messed up. Uh, They're all going to have scars from this, so I think I think there is lasting consequence and damage. Um, But yeah, it's just surprising
1: when you have these nuclear figures. Right. They have the ability to destroy cities, and they engage in these battles for, I don't know, 15 years. However so long this MCU thing has been running, mm-hmm. and nobody dies? For me to be able to buy into that is really difficult, and that's my problem with the series. And was a big problem. What really set off my fatigue in full force was Captain America Civil War. Civil War. They have them all fighting one another. Mm-hmm. And I think in the comics, somebody dies. I think either Captain America or Iron Man die. And I don't know, they probably wouldn't want to kill them because those are such big parts. But somebody important could have died. Well, and they didn't. And it's just unrealistic in the setting that they've created that everyone is hunky dory okay at the end of the day. There's other issues out of Civil War, too, which we won't get into. But relevant to this is that the stakes are bullshit in MCU.
0: Yeah. I mean, I will say the, you know, with, with Civil War. Uh, there's an argument to be made that the reason why they weren't killing each other is because ultimately they didn't really want to be fighting each other. And so they are actually still friends, and they even make jokes about it a couple times. Although that last fight between Iron Man, Winter Soldier, and Captain America was pretty brutal and emotionally charged. So yeah, that, I could see someone... If somebody had like been accidentally killed in the fight, that would have been... If yeah. if, Bucky, if Winter
1: Soldier had died in that fight, I would have been... I would have been probably brought back on board a little bit. Yeah, that would have been interesting. He could have been killed in that. And it would have been a big impact for Captain America, yeah. and he would have felt it, and it would have been interesting. And they, I mean, there's only a few characters that are really not expendable in any way, shape, or form. Well, now, certainly Iron Man and Captain America are one of them. Yeah,
0: yeah, but now that you say it, I would actually agree with that. If they had taken out Winter Soldier in that fight scene, and you had that moment where Iron Man, like, or Tony Stark, realized he just murdered someone in, in revenge, and now he's got to deal with that. And Captain America. Now you got like real weight for these two characters to never want to see each other again. Right. To be and, at, at odds.
1: And you brought up that they're going to have scars from this, and they will, yeah. and they'll, they'll tie back. So there is some permanence. But the thing is, when the uh, stakes just keep getting raised and raised, yeah. the consequences mm-hmm. have to get raised. So having emotional scars is not enough of a consequence for what's going on, and well, that's an issue, I think.
0: I will say that. I think the stakes have, were raised high enough in this one. Because you feel these deaths. Um, and it would suck. And I think it would be a big mistake, and I bet they know this, if they just used the, whatever the time stone, just like re- reverse everything and bring everybody back. It's just square one. That would be a huge cop-out. I don't it really, really would. think they're going to do that. They might. I don't know if that's what happens in the comics. I don't
1: know what happens. Okay. So I'm not any more aware of it yeah. than you are. I... After reading everything on the spoilers, was interested enough that I wanted to see it, maybe, but I think I'm going to end up... My plan is to wait until the next movie comes out to see what actually sticks around. Okay. And I'll support it, probably, if there's enough realistic permanence. Because I think those are cool when it happens, just not many people are willing to take those chances. And I understand why, but it also turns me off.
0: Well so the next point i wanted to make about the movie the one of the reasons i think it was so so well done and brilliant is how they managed such a huge cast there's so many characters for a lot so how do you how do you deal with that talent how do you give everybody enough screen time and what i realized so you got you always have to have a protagonist of some kind i've seen ensemble films where there's no real protagonist and it gets boring because you don't have anyone to connect to right? Or at least there's no story not necessarily invested in even in every Marvel movie, even in the Avengers, there's still like at least someone who's kind of the like the story's revolving around them in some way. Sure. Usually Iron. Fair is. enough. Um, so in this movie, uh, do you know who the main character was? That's what I realized about three quarters of the movie. I like, who, who's who the, main, the character? main character is? I assume it's Thanos. Thanos is the main character. Yeah, the evil. So uh, and it, but he's not just he, it's not just. Uh, it's not even that he's evil, right? That's yeah. the interesting so, thing. This, is that he has an actual,
1: like, good guy sort of reason for doing it, these things. Thanos
0: cries in the movie, which is, <laughs> I totally didn't expect that. In a lot of movies, a lot of movies, uh, Marvel movies, the bad guy's just a bad guy. Pretty one dimensional. Maybe they've got some craziness to them. Maybe it's like they had a bad thing happen. Like their origin story is like, oh, they're troubled and they're just whatever. Yeah, you've seen those before. Yeah. Um, but with this one, Thanos was, uh, he was the main character and they spent time exploring. Like his history, his relationship with Gamora, his relationship with these other characters, um, his relationship with uh, what's the other girl's name played by Karen, the you know? Gamora's sister. Yeah, Gamora's sister, yeah. Nebula. Nebula. Yep. Yeah. So expo- explores that. Um, so it's a so Thanos becomes his main the main protagonist, which is super weird. And I'd say like if I had to pick a supporting character, like it would be Vision and Scarlet Witch which probably the next two. I didn't realize
1: they were that prominent.
0: Yeah, they would be the next two, like, I guess, closest main characters. But they're supporting characters, yeah. If I had to pick, like, pick one supporting actor and one supporting actor, I would probably pick those. Those two? Yeah. Um, I could be wrong on that. Thor's story is really interesting as well. Uh, he goes through this whole arc. So that's the nice thing. So basically, Thor has an arc. Um, uh, Tony Stark and and Spider-Man kind of have an arc. Um, Sort of. Uh, it's not too big, uh, you know. Does each arc sort of revolve around one of the
1: stones? Is that how it ends up playing out, or is it Sor- really?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'd say that's, that's fair. well, not Thor's. He, his doesn't, but okay. I'd say that's kind of fair. And they, they kind of what's cool too is they kind of split everybody out into different teams, so everyone gets sh- shaken up. Uh, so like Rocket and Thor hanging out and, and uh, that's neat
1: yeah that's just a fun interaction to see
0: yeah so they, they do that which is cool and there's a lot of like as always it's super funny but the movie starts out like really really funny and just as it progresses it gets less and less funny and more and more dark and there's a, definitely a tonal shift as the movie progresses where at a certain point you're like this is just really
1: the scripts heavy. of all the at least all the good ones which there are a lot of good movies there have always been really on point and yeah. um, the production value and their ability to project what they want in something that feels right, like in terms of atmosphere and yeah. what well, you were guiding, saying. Guiding the tones. Guiding the tone, yeah, having that right tone for the right moment. They definitely, even though I'm getting tired of the movies, if you just take them individually, yeah.
0: they're really well done. And this one is one of the best. I mean, there's still some, some stuff that I wasn't totally like bought into. Uh, like what? But, well, the one thing that really annoyed me was the... So, Thor has to get a new weapon. His hammer's been destroyed, so he's going to be the Axe Stormbringer, right? So he flies to the the uh, great neutron star forge run by dwarves, called... Then, I don't know what it's called. I can't <laughs> pronounce it. I'm sorry, right. They even make a joke about that in the movie. I think Good. Rocket's like, what'd you say? Uh, so they get there, and the dwarves are these real giant creatures, but do you know who plays the dwarf? Yeah, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, I saw yeah. that. <laughs> I did not like that. <laughs> Cause it like it was a serious moment, and he shows up, and it's supposed to be a sad moment, but I kept like laughing to myself. It's like it's Peter Dinklage playing a dwarf, but he's a giant, and I don't know if this is—I don't know how I feel about the fact that I'm laughing about this. Like I feel kind of bad, but it's also kind of funny. It's, I think it's in poor taste, maybe. I just had this whole debate going on with myself. Like that's troubling. Yeah. How do you feel about it? it, it yeah. And my issues is that it took me out of the movie for a minute is it, it, mm. it kind of ruined the immersion a bit. Uh, I could see that yes. being a problem. That was a problem, I thought. But not a big one. It was forgivable. Um, the Wakanda stuff was was cool. Um, the whole fight there, it, it was a good set piece, uh, I guess. It wasn't, it was just a, that was another one of those moments where you're like, oh, it's just another big set piece fight. In a, yeah, I get it, right? <laughs> Seen those. Seen those, yeah. That wasn't new. Um, but there was enough stuff going on in the movie, which, which uh, I felt was novel to a point. And uh, worth seeing. Yeah. How much difference did you feel there were in those action set pieces
1: versus the other Marvel movies? Did you feel like you're actually watching
0: legitimately unique battles? The, the Wakanda one was definitely just another really well executed action sequence. Okay, like I, it, it was fun to watch. It wasn't a, no, nothing especially cool. It was just kind of okay. Yeah, here's another fight. Uh, the the monsters were super horrific too. Like they they were nightmare creatures. <laughs> that was.
1: Yeah. They knew how to do that. Okay. Uh, There's a, there a
0: lot more gore in the movie than I was used to seeing. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting point. I don't normally think about there being a lot of gore in those movies. Right. So usually when you see somebody, like take Gamora for instance, usually when you see somebody thrown off a cliff and it shows their body lying on the ground, it's usually just, it doesn't matter, they just fell 100 stories, <laughs> they're just perfectly intact. Like, <laughs> And then sure, in this one she was still mostly intact, but there was like this big pool of green blood starting to ooze out from her head. And I was like, that's not typical for, you know this movie and there's I guess st- that comes back to them setting the tone yeah and there's another scene in that fight with Wakanda where like these giant like spinning things are killing everyone uh, whatever and it, it uh, rolls over one of them one of the bad guys and it just obliterates them and there's blue it's blue blood so it's, it's not usually red blood which I think is how they get away with it okay but there's blue blood spattered I think on um, uh uh Black Widow's face, and she just goes, she's like, looks a little shocked by it. She's like, that was gross. (laughs) Is it a PG
1: 13 movie? Yeah. I assume. It's right. So, yeah, it's probably. probably
0: They pushed it, though. Uh, But as far as the other set pieces, the fight with Thanos uh, that involves uh, Iron Man, Spider Man, and uh, some of the um, Guardians of the Galaxy, and also uh, Doctor Strange, that one was interesting because you're seeing them fight Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. uh, Not completed. There, that was an interesting fight,
1: yeah. I think, in I, the reason I was asking about it is because it's hard to do something unique in the action world. I mean, yep. You've seen a lot of the same stuff. I think that's one of the reasons that the new Mad Max movie was so good because it did action in a whole new way. Oh, yeah, so fun! That's a fantastic movie, and it was just because, yeah, it's like a two hour action scene. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think, I mean, it's just what I'm curious about is after watching all these Marvel movies. You sort of get into this rhythm of okay, I know how this is going to unfold. It looks cool and it's well done, yeah. but it's not. It just doesn't carry the same level of interest as it first did because kind of been there, done that.
0: Yeah, so th- that's what I would say about this one is, well, at least for me, not knowing how it was going to end and not like, kind of waiting for the good guys to win because that's what I'm used to, and then them dying and then. And then seeing, like, when Loki died, I was like, how are they going to bring Loki back? And after a few minutes, I'm like, oh, Loki's dead. Right,
1: because you've been programmed
0: to think, yeah.
1: conditioned to think, okay, they're all going to
0: be fine at the end of the day. Right. And and that's not the only reason I would say go see the movie. I would say it's also, it's that, plus, you know, how they treated their villain Plus the stakes, I felt that were pretty prevalent. Plus, you know, incredibly well acted, very funny when it needs to be, really dark when it needs to be dark, and uh, the action, of course, is. I mean, it's Marvel; they they know how to. For they, sure, they're not going to yeah. complain about that. They are. Yeah. They are good at fight scenes. But as far as you haven't Black Panther, Erin ah, loved it. it was one of her top favorites. I was like, this is this is a good Marvel movie. Okay. You know, I, saw Thor, I, saw it.
1: Yeah. I saw Thor Ragnarok was the last one I saw, That's so funny. and it was really good. I mean, again, it's fine, it was funny, but it just felt like there's no stakes no to stakes. anything that they're doing, and there's no real interesting progression. And I'm, I mean, the good thing about Infinity War is it has actually progressed the story to some point, yeah. finally, after all this time, of not just a bunch of individual storylines that... Really can be completely segmented off from the other ones without really impacting anything. Mm-hmm. Infinity War finally brings all those together. I'm surprised that it was only two and a half hours. I figured it would be longer to give everyone enough screen time.
0: But that's that's how they were able to do it because they they the main the good guys were not the main character. It was it was definitely Thanos. That and makes a lot, a lot of sense. And a lot of it was his relationship with Gamora. Surprisingly enough, uh,
1: because he loves her. Yeah, actually. that's
0: that's what you find out. He and here's the crazy thing: she actually loves him. Uh, there's a moment where she thinks she's killed him. She thinks she snuck a blade into his neck and actually kills him. And as he's dying, and he's like, looks sad about it, she's like, having a total breakdown. She's like, I just, she finds, she realizes she actually cares for this guy too, which was really surprising to see. Like, she freaks out and when she kills him.
1: That is surprising. You know, you yeah, figure. <laughs>
0: yeah, I thought like she was going to be like, yeah, but or, go, 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 I've been die. tortured my entire life being brought up. No, she has a total breakdown. Um, and then when Thanos, when when like she has to, he has to throw her off the cliff to sacrifice her to the Soul Stone, right? And and uh, the character's like, it's like, how, well, Red Skull shows up for this. Uh, so that's where Red Skull is, by the way. Okay. So he's like, hey, you have to sacrifice something you love to the Soul Stone. And Gamora at first is like laughing at him, like, ha ha, this is the ultimate, the ultimate joke of the universe. You know, you don't love anything or anyone, so you can never get it. And and for, she starts realizing that he's starting to cry and then he turns around and looks at her and that, then you see her face realize that, that he actually loves her and he's gonna kill her right <laughs> now. <laughs> and then when he's dragging her off it's like it's like it's almost like he's dragging a child because like, you know, it kept going flashbacks of her being a child and, and with him and yeah, super, super rough. Yeah. That's why they're I think children crying. <laughs> and again, the torture scene was pretty brutal. That was
1: it sounds like a rough time. They certainly did a good job in a lot of ways, in a lot of the at least the normal
0: Marvel ways. If nothing else, I would say I would say this: it's, you should see the movie. And if it still if it still doesn't work for you, then just you should just swear off the rest of Marvel <sighs> movies. I mean,
1: that's kind of what I did with Thor Ragnarok. I was my I've had ten people recommend this movie to me, even though
0: I have told them all I'm tired of these movies. Okay. I said go see it. I said okay, I'll go see it. Seriously, this one if, <laughs> this one do- addresses your concerns, I, but okay, we'll it's Still, if it's like a cuphead for you. Ben, I get it
1: Cuphead has no flaws <laughs> uh,
0: has very few flaws I can still come up with flaws right. for Marvel this, this, this whole one is running long uh, Anything else you want to say about it? No,
1: I think uh, we've got a pretty good back and forth on it I'm happy with it
0: Okay Well uh, you got a hook for next week?
1: Oh, oh, do I? <laughs> I have been playing uh, another game, Shadow Tactics, for a couple hours, and I think this may actually breach my top fifty, so I'm going to try to play it a little bit more
0: hey. if I get in some time in between my fighting game practice. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk about that next week. Oh, I also was exploring the other uh, Romance Three Kingdom games because I oh yeah, to get my fix, and I was looking at they've got like the game that you and I used to play back when we were in third grade or something. Romance of Three Kingdoms. Uh, they apparently still making those. I think they're on 13 now. Yeah, and it's been pretty updated. And some the guys, I saw a review for it, and someone was saying this is one of the best in the entire series. I was like, okay. That's cool. Um, so, anyways, uh, if we had a name for our podcast, we would have social media, email, websites. Uh, <laughs> but we don't. Right now, it's still running under Chris and John entitled. Uh, so, this is some good practice. Yes, yeah, good practice. We're trying just, to figure just that out. Just get used to this coming up at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Chris was last last podcast remember Chris was very uh, confident that we would maybe have a name <laughs> and we maybe have a name next week yeah he had some ideas it might work so we're gonna kick him around uh, with that I'm John this is Chris And yep bye